Welcome back to Ready Comics Roll, where each week we discuss a topic that involves either video games, comics, tabletop, or all the other geeky things we all love. So if you enjoy what you're listening to, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. If you guys can refrain from getting yourselves killed for at least two seconds, it'd be greatly appreciated. I'm Anthony. I keep putting the pointy ends in the goblins, right? I'm Mike. Look, I've been holding this thing for five minutes. Kill it already. I'm Eric. So I just have to say, it's necessary. Every party needs a bard. I, not in 5th edition, not anymore, man. Like, bards got completely nerfed in this one. It used to be true that if you had an open slot, if you already had your your bases covered, you had your uh, DPS, your uh, melee, like, uh, tank, quote-unquote, your magic caster and your healer, that 5th slot, you could go, you couldn't really do better than having a bard in that 5th slot. Nowadays, eh, not really. I don't know. I think a bard can fill just about any slot if you really think about it. Well, here's the one nice thing about 5th edition Bard. Not only does it fill many holes, it is also the jack-of-all-trades as far as skills caps go, because it can literally class into every single skill. Which is is useful, but I mean, like, considering that it used to be, when you would have a character that could give a permanent bonus to every single member of the party, well, every uh, melee or every martial character in the party, versus now it's a situational bonus that you can give to one character that they can use one time and then it's spent and it's tied to your max charisma, so you can only use it, like, most characters in 5th edition are only going to be able to use it five times between short rests. I It feels like bards just got completely cut out of... Uh, their place in the meta, so to speak. Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember if Bardic Performance got changed completely, but I do still remember there being the plus one confidence bonus to attack rolls somewhere in there. Uh, not in 5th edition. Now you just get a uh, you get a Bardic um, Inspiration die, which, granted, is actually better than just a plus one bonus, but once again, you only use it once. Like, you cast Bardic Inspiration on a specific character, and that character can add their Bardic Inspiration to, if I'm remembering correctly, any d20 roll. They can add it to their attack, they can add it to a saving throw, um, you know, they can add it to, I believe, a skill check even. But Fair once enough. you use it, it's gone. And you can still roll a 1 on a d8. But you know, here's the thing. All bards aside, an important aspect of you know tabletop RPGs, video games, just about any kind of medium you can really think of when there's multiple players involved. Uh, just coming up with a structured team, or just even just anything involving team dynamics and having a functional team, is a lot more important than I think a lot of people tend to realize. I, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, party party structure, uh, party cohesion is tale as old as time, <laughs> as it were. Uh, about as old as uh, as tabletop uh, RPGs go. You know, you always had this. Uh, you know, the classic team was always your fighter, your wizard, your rogue, and your cleric. Well, right there, that was the original four core classes of the game. That that was yeah. it. There there wasn't. <laughs> Anything besides that in in you know in original D&D, in, in original yeah. first edition D and D that almost reminds me of Gauntlet Legends though except for you would swap out like cleric for uh, Valkyrie <laughs> it's like wizard needs food badly <laughs> yeah and honestly the way that I always look at it is with certain party dynamics you can have especially now that you you have a lot more room for switching in and out parts. I, I have this big thing with now when I try to do when I when I play into a D and D game. If there's no rogue in the party, I intentionally keep that trend going. <laughs> I I have leaned so far away from rogue, and, and like and I could see the burnout on that because that used to be a necessary component. Um, up until I could be wrong about this, but up until fourth edition. Um, a rogue was necessary basically to detect traps at all, or disable traps at three, all. 3.0 and 3.5, barbarians were your other trap detection method. By stepping on all the traps. <laughs> and that was typically their way of going about it. I've um, got hit points. <laughs> they, well, the, the thing is, is they got danger sense, and danger sense gave them that chance to roll to determine whether or not there was a trap in the area before right. they actually stepped on it. And then they just stepped on it anyways, because they're like, 
Something's here. <laughs> you know, when you have the behemoth hit points, you use the behemoth hit points. When you have temporary hit points, you use the temporary exactly. hit points. Exactly. Which is actually another thing that I loved about 4th Ed. I would, I, as my cleric, when I didn't have a rogue in my party, I was the trap buffer because I had temporary HP to give myself pretty much at will. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, oh, oh, can we can we please get into 4th ed? Cuz I know it's going to be it's going to be so spicy I and people are going to hate on it so much. <laughs> the hottest of takes. <laughs> well, I've defended it before and I'm going to let you rant on it a little bit because I know you want to defend it as well. And it gets a bad rep because everybody's like, "Oh, it's it's MMO, but on a tabletop. Not just MMO. It's Warcraft. That's it, the joke that everybody makes. Because War, World of Warcraft, well, one, because it was WoW an oversimplified is... knockoff of D&D, yes, and I will never argue that point. So we don't need a knockoff of the knockoff of the knockoff. Well, but it wasn't a knockoff. It was, it was a far more, to me at least, far more strategic. Than uh, then World of Warcraft, like in fourth you edition, you had to use your strategy, Yes, that those words <laughs> I, exactly verbatim. Every character had something to do besides, like in three point five. This always, I I prefer martial classes personally. Um, I've never been a big fan of spellcasters. I prefer to be the guy with the big stick that hits things with it, or you know the pew pew, you know ranger from uh, six miles away. Okay, Legolas. Shots. <laughs> But um, with melee classes, with martial classes, uh, up until 3.5, all right, it's your turn. What do you do? I hit it with my stick. And then it's gone. And then, you know, all right, wizard, it's your turn. Hold on. Let me look at my 400 abilities that I can do. Yeah. Oh, you tried to hit me with something as I was trying to figure that out? You just activated my trap card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, just, it, it got kind of ridiculous. Whereas in 4th edition, everybody had abilities that they could use to, like, maneuver characters, you know, maneuver NPCs or allies on the battlefield. Well, that's why I really like 5th edition so far, because I feel like it took a lot, it, it learned a lot from 4th edition and the fact that, in my opinion, it was a little too oversimplified. You know, alright, it's not going to be as bad as well, that's fine, that's just me, you know, hating on it just a little bit. But it took it refined a lot of what fourth edition did right. It, it looked at what it did wrong or didn't do as well as it could. And that's why I feel like fifth edition really is so far uh, the best one in regards to Dungeons and Dragons, especially if you have people that are new to the game trying to get into it. I, I can definitely get behind that. Um, I still I still do prefer fourth edition over fifth edition, but fifth edition is probably my favorite other than fourth edition. Like I like it worlds better than three point five. Even though they brought back the magic casting, uh, you know, rules. The conundrum. From the, uh, I, like, and that, I get the criticism of, uh, for, of fourth ed where, like, everybody was a spellcaster because, you know, everybody's using this, uh, mono system. Everybody uses the same system to use their abilities. Every roll is a d20 plus half your level plus your, uh, uh, your ability modifier. Versus the enemy's defense. I do get that criticism. Plus your feats. Plus your feats, plus, you know, whatever bonuses that you get from your weapon. Plus what the weather is outside. <laughs> plus whatever the DM wants to give you. Like, uh, uh, you look ugly today, so take a negative two. <laughs> You're having a bad hair day. Minus one to your charisma. I'm, I'm going to say this. I think uh, when I look at 4th Ed versus 3.0 or 3.5, I look at what I see between, like, Divinity Original Sin 2... And a lot of the other, like, top-down tactical RPG games, like the Baldur's, the old Baldur's Gates, the the um, Pillars of Eternity. Pillars of Eternity is a great game, but it, it misses some of the tactical elements that Divinity Original Sin 2 adds. The things with actually being able to throw elements on the ground. Things with, you know, being able to use the field and objects in the, in the, in the area around you to your advantage was something more akin to 4.0 than it was to 3.0 or 3.5. You got to... when, Even if you were visualizing your board, even if you didn't have a map and figs and you had the whole layout in front of you, you could still visualize combat in a way where if you were to use your at-will abilities or your encounter abilities or your, even your daily abilities, you knew what they do, they, you knew what you had to do to do them, Right. Clear distance, if you could use them from range, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You knew you wanted the most amount of impact from those abilities, 
So it made you think in a way where, hey, where can I get in a point of view where I can either hit a whole bunch of enemies with this ability or use it to where it actually closes the gap for the rest of my party to then flank or do something else. Because that was one of the best mechanics that I thought of when I looked at 4th Ed was the push-pull mechanics for like wizards oh, and yeah. stuff. The ability to actually control the battlefield as a mage actually made mages more appealing to me. I never got to play one in 4th Ed, <laughs> but they were appealing, man. And I always hated wizards from early on until sorcerers became a thing, and sorcerers made magic an easier thing for me. Because you didn't have to read the entire rulebook. You got seven spells. You was the only spells you could ever cast. That's all you're going to do every single combat. But see, that's exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to the importance of the whole party composition and synergy and all those other little buzzwords people like to hear that make me sound smarter than I am. Optimization. <laughs> Optimization. Because if you have a team that's nothing of barbarians and fighters... I've done that. They're going to have a fun time. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll have fun, but there's, a, there's also a good chance they might not actually make it to the end of the campaign with no, any kind of healer oh. or support. You say that, and then you wait till you see what what four barbarians and two fighters can do in one round of combat. Everything's dead. What happened? Everything's Whirlwind attack. Yeah, bro. that too. Fastball special. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true, that's true. But I mean... And that's that's what was my issue with older forms of tabletop games like the D and D is that you as you kind of mentioned earlier, Mike, you just had just the four classes and they were very linear. There was not much versatility. There wasn't a whole bunch of different options you had in regards to how you played your character. You had tank healer, that guy that does the waggly thing with his fingers, and then the murder hobo, and that was it. <laughs> exactly. Now ver- versus these days. Sure, you can go ahead and, and be the class that you like, but it doesn't mean you had to necessarily play a very specific role. There was a wiggle room, so you can kind of be that class, but play a different role despite that. A good example, like we mentioned kind of before the cast, is I started my second 5e campaign, and I'm playing as a, a monk. So I can go around, I, I'm just going around punching things. I, I, that's always been my favorite thing to do if I'm not going to be like a fighter with a full-on weaponry. It's just being able to go barehanded and just brawl everything. And I have that ability. But at the same time, there's also the option, one of the many other options a monk has, is I can go focus instead of just individual DPS, I can go ahead and focus more on crowd control. I can go ahead and stun, do a little bit of kind of support versus being outright damage dealer. And that's that's something that you really weren't afforded uh, in the past. That's something I greatly appreciate. And it's also kind of important for overall gameplay and just people having fun. Well, I have to say this. Every single time there's ever been an iteration of D&D that has changed things, there's always been backlash. There's always that, that, that one core audience of whatever edition has come out that they don't want to switch over to the new edition because they're like, well, I bought all these books... You're going to keep buying those. You're gonna that's buying why them. you pirate them. I mean, no, we do not endorse that here. We do not endorse <laughs> that here. I, but like, well, um, I, I do remember because I'm old... Um, I remember the backlash to 3.0 when it first came out. Uh, granted, 3.0 was a broken system that Wizards had Oof. not, and Wizards of the Coast just had not play tested it. They had a good idea, but the implementation was horrible. And then 3.5 came out, and uh, like, they did like, some play testing in between. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. They were like, "Oh, okay." Well, no, they did what most video game developers do now. They just really 3.0 was the public beta. You guys tell us how this is broken, and then we'll fix it. And then um, 3.5 is the Bethesda, we'll slightly polished, but still lots of bugs. But that's why you have mods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, all the mods. And then you have 3.75, or as I like to call it, Pathfinder. Or actually, what it's actually called, versus what I just said. <laughs> no, no, you were right the first time. Yeah. Um, I mean... Seriously, everything just needs to be OGL, open game license, so that, you know, so the guys that make the Swords and Sorceries book can come in and fix shit. I absolutely... You, you, I, you've said that in a previous cast. I, I know, I but you still stand by that fact. I do. I, I'm still, I'm still kind of irked, and I still think that Wizards could do this, like 4th edition was never opened to OGL, um, and I don't see why they wouldn't uh, open up Especially the license now. now. Yeah, exactly. Um, because I, I think I've brought this up on the on the cast before. X crawl is possibly my favorite setting. If you've if you've never uh, 
heard of X-Crawl, go look it up. It's amazing. Um, imagine D&D meets The Running Man. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> interested. It's a, D&D is an arena sport. A, as a death sport. <laughs> it's amazing because it's very tongue-in-cheek, very game show atmosphere, um, and it gives you an excuse to just have a pure dungeon crawl where your players just go, or your characters just go room to room fighting these random challenges that have no business <laughs> being strung together. And, Who and traps the, every door in their own castle? Listen the, to me. We need to get out of here. There's pizza boxes everywhere. <laughs> the, be- the best part about this entire setting is the fact that Ronald Reagan was a red dragon. Absolutely. <laughs> no, well, no, no. Uh, Emperor Ronald, don't you... T- don't you... He besmirched the name of Emperor Ronald. Um, he was a human. Um, he was I, thought he, I, I thought he was a, a red dragon dragon. No, I think born. he was referring to real life. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. That, <laughs> uh, he, you know, honestly, I never dug into a lot of the source material for X-Crawl. It's entirely possible that he was a polymorph red dragon. Uh, but either way, and this was, uh, you know, this was one of the things that I loved about um, X-Crawl is that if you look at the party members as positions on a team, which if you're playing an arena sport, if you're playing a death sport, that's what you're going to do. That opens up the door to a lot of interesting party compositions um, and really, you know, feeds into the dynamic of the tank, the healer. Uh, the, the running con- back. The control, the running back, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I, I, on a quick tangent, I do think it's funny that you brought up Ronald Reagan being a red dragon. Because it kind of just reminded me of the Monsters of America uh, tabletop game. Oh, God. <laughs> you have my interest. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's it's actually... I'm not going to go far uh, too far into it, but I'm just going to give a quick shout-out. because they, they followed us recently. Uh, but it's actually kind of funny because it kind of just parodies the current state of the United States of America. One of the best things I've, I, I've been doing to kind of tweak my own ideas of party design and just what to do with party dynamics... I've been playing around, and this is something that is weird to me because I'm not a big Pathfinder fan. However, I do like Second Ed Pathfinder, and Pathfinder Keenmaker is kind of built on a 1.5, almost 2.0 engine, so it kind of fits that scheme. But I've been playing around with Pathfinder Keenmaker, and I've been playing around with building teams of just created NPCs because most of the actual NPC characters that you get in that game kind of suck. <laughs> they didn't do a very good class design for their own characters with the exception of their barbarian because she's like infamous Amari, Amiri, Amory, whatever her name is. <laughs> she just kills things and that's what's important. Yeah. Well, that's that's what a barbarian does. But they 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 did a really good thing with subclasses. And this is something that I kind of... This is one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to bring this up. Is I've been playing around with subclasses so much. To see what they're actually capable of. And it wasn't something that a lot of... Like, it was something that kind of came up more recently than in the past. Because in original D&D, you didn't really have sub... Well, you did, but they were... Subclasses were the other classes that we got when we got to second ed. Um, I, or you had the paladin where it's like, it's a fighter, but only if you have this much strength and this much charisma. You and, can... and only if you're on a mount. And, and, and only, and only if you're lawful good. Yeah. And yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot more restrictions to the old subclasses. Like you could play a Kensai warrior, but you had to have certain amount of constitution and certain amount of strength. You also had to forego all your abilities to wield uh, certain types of armor. You could only ever choose one weapon focus, and that was your weapon. And if it ever broke, you were, <laughs> you know, you were screwed. So there, there was a lot of a lot of give and take with the old subclasses. And now, one thing that I've really noticed with the way subclasses are going, especially in Pathfinder, is that the subclasses make the martial classes feel much more unique than they used to. And they, there's a lot more dynamic changes that happen when you're playing a martial class versus when you're playing the caster classes. A lot of the caster class subclasses are literally just, oh, hey, I'm going to change what stat I use to cast my spells. Yay. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought up Kingmaker because when it comes to even just how team dynamics work in video games, it's also interesting to see how that turns out. Especially because people forget that's a thing they need to consider. 
Yeah, I mean, look at look at uh, Overwatch as as a, the biggest oh, joke. Yeah. No, course, no, there is no, 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 no. We're going we're there. going in with one tank, no healers, and and five assault <laughs> characters. Everybody's what? playing Tracer this round. Everybody. <laughs> no, I was gonna say more accurately it would probably be that everybody is playing um, Hanzo. 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 Yeah. Everybody's Hanzo main. Uh, but that, I mean that's a, a perfect example. So and it, it, it goes back to what everybody you know jokingly but also fondly refers to as the Holy Trinity. You have oh. yeah, you have you have your DPS, you have your tank, and you have your healer. And then in the background, there's a controller being like, "What about me?" And they're like, "We need more DPS. It's your situation lit best. We need more dots. <laughs> I, we found out that you can control the enemies so much better if you kill them quicker." <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, the, but uh, that's still very true. If you look at some of the most successful teams, especially when you're looking at like uh, the the more uh, esports aspect of things is that they are a very cohesive team, not only in just the way that they function, but also as far as the characters that are chosen. And it's just uh, it's such a simple mechanic that just seems to escape so many people, and just makes me weep. Makes I, me weep. I'm getting flashbacks to you know uh, rando pickup games on League of Legends, where <laughs> we don't speak <laughs> that name here. <laughs> I trust me. I was going to bring it up. <laughs> um. I I would I would prefer to talk about other games, um, but I mean honestly, you can't really fight the king. Um, I'm not a fan of League of Legends, especially not anymore. There are just too many damn heroes in that game. Uh, champions, champions, champions. My bad. I got to use the correct pronouns. Sen, you're kind of starting to sound a little evil just then. Because remember, <laughs> Heroes is owned by that other group of people that made that other game that ends in New Earth. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, like, team composition is so important in MOBAs in general. Um, if you have one person out of place or playing the wrong, uh, the wrong class or the wrong spec, the wrong champion, uh, that can be the death of your entire team. I'm gonna play waste of 45 I, minutes. Uh, I'm gonna play Fiddlesticks, but the only item I'm gonna pick up is Bloodthirsters. Well, that's the thing, is, is sometimes people just need to get over themselves. Uh, going back to kind of just this example of Overwatch, and I'm only mentioning that more often because that's the only thing I've really had the time to play recently. I'm right there with you. Uh, so I love playing Soldier 76 or Reinhardt, but if it comes down to it, if we need a healer, I will jump on Mercy, or I'll go ahead and, um, uh, if we need somebody who's well, thankfully, if it's me, someone more tanky, I get to play my Reinhardt after all. <laughs> but the point is, if there is a character that is needed, if there's a certain class or role that is needed, and I notice it's not there, I'll be one of the first people to go ahead and jump in that because it, that's if you want to like everybody wants to win. I don't think there's anybody here that'd be like, oh, I'm okay with losing. Well, you, I mean, you might be as okay with losing. As long as I get to be, as long as I get to play Hanzo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, people might be okay with losing, but nobody wants to lose. Nobody aspires to lose. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, if, if you want to win, that's what you want to do. Sometimes you got to just, you know, swallow your pride and do something different. Even if you're not great at it. You know, nobody's ever going to give crap to you if you were that Hanzo main. And then somebody, they really needed a healer. You're the person that switched to healer. Nobody's going to be like, oh my god, you were just awful. No, if anything, people are going to thank you for being the person that actually makes that switch when it's something that was desperately needed. Yeah. Always be nice to your healers. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so that, that actually kind of made me think of something that, we've, that I've been dealing with somewhat recently. So me, uh, our friend Will and our friend Brian and a couple of other friends, we play a vampire game. And we're playing the the new vampire. Like the new, new... Not the new vampire, but the new, new vampire. Yeah, the new, new vampire. The old, new vampire. Or the new, old vampire. Something like that. <laughs> I just um, went cross-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did the whole... We did it's the not, whole new, cast it's not the... new World of Darkness. It's the new, new World of Darkness. It's the new, old World of Darkness. Yes. <laughs> what about the new, new, old, new World of Darkness? Uh, that's uh, that's, that's the next. second edition of uh, New I World of Darkness. <laughs> No, we're uh, we're playing a game of Vampire Five Five E Fifth Edition because that's where go. they're at. Too. That makes more sense. Yeah, and originally during character creation, we were kind of discussing what we would all play, and we we didn't really think much of it. We were just kind of like building or building characters around each other, and we were all we were all kind of set in stone with the the sect that we wanted to play. We were all like, we want to play Anarchs because Anarchs feel a lot because more- nobody tells me what time to go to bed. Um, Anarchs in Vampire are right now to me in, in fifth edition, they're the ones in the right in the right. 
The Camarilla are fucking everything up. The Sabat are fucking gone. So it's the Anarchs or you're out of here. And we all came to that. We all pretty much came to that conclusion. I was the the one holdout originally. I was like, no, I want to play a Camarilla Nos and just kind of be our, our sneaky get around guy. Well, I looked at our party composition and I was like, we don't need a sneaky get around guy. We need somebody who can fucking talk. <laughs> Every party needs a face. Exactly. So I switched. And then we started. So you played Toreador. No, I ended up playing oh, um, set I... the new the new set I uh, the I'm just nodding the, my head the this entire time. Yeah, sorry. So the ministry is is now this like cult leader esque. I we we spoke about it on the yeah. on the vampire stream uh, on the vampire. Cast. I edited yes. that episode and I still don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> exactly. Neither um, do we. <laughs> so I became the social character, Got and it. when we actually started playing, unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize something. We didn't have. A thinking man's character. <laughs> we had a bunch of combat mules and one guy who can talk to people. I could make that team composition work. But... I can. Tr- <laughs> I've made that team composition work for months now, and it still kind of hurts because we don't have a single motherfucker with aspects, which is not a good thing to do when you're playing a game that Will is running because he's going to make you make aspects checks. Or investigation checks. If you don't and you don't have aspects, you're kind of lost. If you don't have somebody with aspects, then you have someone with obfuscate following you at all times. At all That's times. That's just how it works. At all times. <laughs> um, so anyways, the importance of party dynamics has become evidently clear in that game. And unfortunately, we haven't gotten together in a few weeks. And I've been waiting to come back to the game because I we were all kind of left off at a weird point where we're all the Baron... It's weird. We we made a we made a uh, a council of Baron. That's that's not how. And you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it. Uh, that's but, not how the rules work. We made new rules. <laughs> we're the anarchs. Nobody tells me when I go to bed. Exactly. I, but that's, and even uh, for the, for anyone familiar with uh, with like Vampire the Masquerade, even Nobody. the tabletop game. I'm sorry. Are we gonna fight? <laughs> <laughs> um, it. For the longest time, Vampire was the well, the world of darkness in general was basically number two in the tabletop game. You had D and D and Vampire, and then everybody. I have an analogy which would probably just get me murdered, so I won't use it. Are, are you going to go with the uh, nobody remembers the fourth guy that's uh, landed on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not where I was going to go, but that's a, that's a better one, so I will go with that one. But um, it, even in a game like that, uh, like. People generally don't think about party dynamics like that. And you end up with four combat monsters and one talky guy who can, like, get us out of the situations that you can't punch through. And that's it. Um, but that does bring up the importance of always knowing where you fit in or what could fit in to your your team. Whether you're playing a solo game like uh, Kingmaker, whether you're playing a team game like Overwatch, where you have to make those decisions on the fly, or whether you're playing a cooperative tabletop game. So, I had gone to an Adventure League game, and the only stipulation for playing in the Adventure League game was don't make an evil character. I was like, okay. That and you like still managed to fail that, didn't you? No, no, no. I made a paladin. I made the lawful good character. That somehow became corrupted and evil. No. Everybody else in my party that I got put into in that adventure league was chaotic neutral. <laughs> That's not evil. They're not uh, evil, no, but they're the all trying to, to break the law. <laughs> Every single one of them was trying to break so the law. So what did you do some... about it? I ended up almost murdering three members of the party. I ended up throwing one in jail. That's how you play a paladin. Um, on a side note, and this is coming from someone who loves paladins. Um, like every new system that I try out, if paladin is an option, that's the first class I go to. Doesn't matter, video game, tabletop game, etc. Um, just as every party needs a face, no party needs a paladin. They're assholes. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. true, though. That's yeah. true. It's, it's hard playing the uber good guy. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, is I've seen what happens when I 
send five people into a, into different rooms and say, hey, make your characters how you want to make your characters. We'll come back together. We'll meet up. We're going to play a game. And then we do game zero, and the paladin tries to kill the chaotic evil rogue, or there's a fight that breaks out because the rogue is literally pilfering goods from every character, and the ranger spots him. Oh, by so the way, the ranger you, puts an arrow between his... <laughs> if you play a rogue, this is just a general service announcement, if you play a rogue and you steal from the other party members, you're also an asshole. <laughs> like, I get it, it's what my character would do, but like, shut up, make a better character. <laughs> Trying to make a character that's not an asshole. This isn't the nineties anymore, Edge Lord. (laughs) Oh. And then I've seen so many characters or so many times in a party where I end up with one guy in melee. Yeah. Four people behind him that don't want to be anywhere near melee. (laughs) I'm like and even the healer, like clerics. Clerics can be melee characters. They should be melee characters. Oh, the battle cleric is one of my favorite archetypes. Exactly. In. Same <laughs> here. And I've so many times seen the like fire caller cleric, mm-hmm. where it's, oh, I'm gonna learn all my range spells, and I'm gonna even wield a heavy crossbow to call it a day. <laughs> I'm gonna be back here, just kind of plink, reload, I- plink. One of uh, this, one of the uh, templates in Fourth Edition um, for cleric was the frontline battle cleric. Who, um, and this is my fa- like any if any game makers out there that are listening, if you make a cleric class, make this an option for the cleric class. The cleric who is a frontline fighter that heals the party by dealing damage to the enemy. That is such a satisfying mechanic. Um. Possibly, possibly my favorite MMO of all time, Rift, had a cleric build that was like that, where yeah. you healed by... Wow, wow. We even originally did that with Paladin. You had the Seal of Light healing from Paladin that if you specced into it in old in, in vanilla World of Warcraft, you could make it a viable healing build if you did the right things with it. But there have been so many times where I have seen... Games and and these RPGs that come out where they make the healer a cloth wearer or they make mm. the healer you know flimsy as far as stats go and well I think that's mostly a choice due to the 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 tropes of spellcasting yeah. which is if you're a spellcaster you're not really supposed to be somebody who wears heavy armor which is part of the reason why I love Dragon Age Origins so much because mm. one of the archetypes you can get was actually the arcane warrior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you could go ahead and have full plate mail armor, and then on top of that, your bonuses to attack would be your spellcasting. Yeah. So if you poured everything into that, man, you were almost godlike. It was, it was pretty broken. Yeah, you just put every point you got into magic, and then at the end, your strength and your dex was equal to your magic. And <laughs> now I'm god! Not only am I a beast in melee, but I can cast spells! Yeah, Dragon Age Origins was easy to break. <laughs> I loved breaking that game. But if you if you really want to uh, if you really want to learn about party composition, actually one of the better ways to uh, do so is through an MMO. Um, yeah. It's at least in end game content. Um, are, well, even nowadays, most MMOs like the dungeons you go through uh, along the way, you're still going to need the Holy Trinity. You're still going to need unless your, you're your... playing Black Desert Online. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm not kidding it, about that one. <laughs> oh no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I but like that'll uh, especially if you get into an active like raiding guild, you will learn your place. That's that, that's that's actually a dark side. I want to say of team dyma- dynamics that we should probably bring up is when people take things just way too seriously to where and it is MMO is actually being a perfect example to where if you do not have a very specific build. Of a certain that tank, and this yeah. this is something that's happened, and it's it, quite prevalent. Unfortunately, oh yeah, no, back in is. the early days of MMOs, that was not so much of a uh, of a strict guideline. You you would see all kinds of things in raiding parties in World of Warcraft and EverQuest. It it like any class could fit. There were certain classes that had specific abilities that only they possessed. Like the ability to remove fear was only on specific types of priests. 
specifically dwarves, because they were the only ones that had the remove fear in, in WoW, and then the only other way to get rid of fear was to play Horde and play a Shaman and have the Trimmer Totem, which removed fear. And the only other way to get rid of fear is to stop being such a bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you would see a lot of raids where you had to have those one of those two classes and race combinations show up. It was a far in in and few between things where that happened in WoW. And then but the, the spec, spec like the actual got a hold of shit. Well, but the thing is is the spec design back then was not nearly as stringently focused as it is now. Like now with the fact that, that there's so few talents, the actual ability to test those talents and kind of take them back to the drawing board and, you know, skew your numbers is so much easier to check on now. So now you can just run a calculator and figure out what actually deals the most damage, specifically in AoE, specifically in single target. And then you know what kind of fight needs this thing or that thing. So you have to carry this amount of scrolls when you go into a raid so that you can change your spec on the fly before you go into fight so that you can be in single target damage or, you know, AoE damage so that... You flex depending upon each fight. At, at which point you might as well just pull up a calculator, <laughs> like an actual calculator, yeah. and just punch numbers into it, where everything gets to be a little bit samey. Um, and everybody, and once again, you get the, you know, uh, as Anthony said, if you're not playing the correct spec, you're wrong. If you're not Air playing quotes. correct. Yeah, the, cor- yeah. the, most optimized, highest damage dealing or highest aggro holding or whatever, uh, you're gonna get crapped on. Either by the random pug that you're with, or by even by your own guild. You can get well, kicks for that. And this yeah. is, this is the kicks. problem. The, that now you have these things happen because they got rid of the things that made differences in utility. And that was one of the big things about the old World of Warcraft. And that's one of the reasons why everybody clamored to have Classic come back. And we're actually finally seeing this happen. Classic's in beta and... Things are, you know... Which is still such a funny subject to me, quick tangent, that Classic is in beta. It's like, it's, it's, like the, it's all <laughs> hold, there. Hold on, we're, just, there. we're just retesting we, the servers. We've, we've, got to, we've got to play test this thing that was released ten years ago. <laughs> Now's a good time, assholes. <laughs> I, but I, honestly, like, well, I made the joke earlier about how, you know, your support classes are in the background. And, you know, we just need more DPS. Uh, Vanilla WoW was where that really became a problem because Vanilla WoW had support classes and people crunched the numbers and figured out, well, if we just add one more hunter or one more rogue instead of, you know, the, uh, I can't even remember. Yeah, the druid. Druid was typically one of the most No, just druid, get out. Druid, out. (laughs) Um, Red pallies were almost unkillable in Vanilla. Yeah. Man, I still just remember the time where we were getting griefed by a whole bunch of, like, level 60 horde. And then just like, it was almost like a cinematic scene. You just see like the sun and then he's flying in on the griffin <laughs> and just makes it to the port, just runs up and just starts wrecking face. Like it takes out the entire uh, opposing party by himself. Which, I mean, to be fair, that's what a paladin should do, but it's also a kind of game breaking. Yeah. Now, Red Pallies. Well, I'm like, I immediately looked at my spec and I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> all gone, all into red. Let's do this. I fan theory. Ghost Rider is a red paladin. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like notice, there was not even like a, a, a hesitation. So, but this is the thing. There used to there used to be all kinds of crazy things. Like there used to be the the Smite Paladin, which was a spell damage focused paladin that was primarily linked into the Holy Path because you had to get Holy Smite, and you could literally one shot people at level sixty with Holy Smite if you had the amount of spell damage that you could get. From wearing some cloth armor, having the right Librum, having the right this and that. You could get your, your, your Holy Smites to crit for a Warlock's health pool. And Warlock's had the highest health pool back then. <laughs> now it's like, eh, if you're not a warrior, get the... Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, when it comes to gaming, it's interesting to see the team dyma- dynamics bleeding into... Uh, games you t- game genres you typically wouldn't see those kind of dynamics in. Like I know you kind of brought this up uh, before we started this cast, Mike. Such as Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three, there is going to be slightly more dependence on your team makeup. Yeah. So instead of me just going ahead and be like, "All right, I'm just play Venom," because <laughs> I have to. Oh, I'm just going to run for Spider Man. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and I, everybody needs to be able to web swing, bro. I saw that scene where you have to run from Juggernaut. Everybody needs to be able to web swing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though. You can just have Venom, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, uh, Ghost Spider, 
and Miles Morales Spider-Man. Hey, anyway. hey, Spider-Gwen. I'm going to still call her Spider-Gwen. I don't care if Miles Morales changed her name or not. I'm just waiting for Spider-Man 2099 to be in the DLC. That's what I'm saying. It'll probably be, it'll probably be a skin. Like That's they, what we need. We need a spider if they, if Spider-Man they, is take over everything. If they do yeah. what they did for the last two games, where you could unlock skins that actually unlocked like new things. Premium or, characters. Or, well, not, 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 the, not premium. I'm saying there was the skins. You had variation yeah, yeah, yeah. skins for every character. And there was usually four per character, and each one actually changed certain attributes around. Like you had a Spider-Man that was more focused on doing the the like the web garage, garage right. or you had another one that was more focused on just doing flippy kicks, and then you had one that was purely on evasion because Spidey sense fucking wins fights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not going to take damage today. Thank you very much. I don't need to hit you hard. I just need to make sure you never hit me. Exactly. <laughs> but exactly um, my point. So uh, you, in the old games, you can get away with that. In new games, not so much. Seems like there is a little bit more focus on making sure you have some kind of uh, cohesive, you know, party well, build. I, 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 I mean, not see, super, not super strict. Yeah, you're it's, not gonna. It's, it's a little less strict. So I'll get KO'd, but they, gonna, there are putting more emphasis on it. Like you're gonna, you're gonna see th- times where you're gonna want to run a Colossus or a Hulk. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody who can actually... Who can sponge the damage. Who can sponge some damage. And then you're going to want to have your, you know, your Carol Danvers and your um, Thors and your Storms, the heavy hitters with elemental damage or laser damage or photon blast damage or whatever you want to call it damage. You're going to have that damage-dealing character. Uh, Iron Man's probably a perfect example of that. Don't know, um, haven't really seen his gameplay much, but he's probably a I, It makes the most sense. Whereas you're, you have, like, Doctor Strange, or I would even see, like, Mr. Fantastic or Invisible Woman as, like, the more controly yeah. characters. Um, I don't... There's really not a healing... Uh, uh, they're probably going to have they're, Wanda. Uh, Iron, Iron Fist used it. to be a healing, That's a healing true, character. Yeah. He had, he that, had the, like, like, the key heal, yeah. heal thing where he would just do a little flippy did, ninja did, thing. Did you just dab? I, no, <laughs> I, 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 I Iron Fist dab. It's where he does the little hand signal thing. And he kind of like dab. Yeah, he does dab. He, he dab. <laughs> Iron Fist invented the dab. Iron we dab. Just, just need to know that all right now. I Iron mean, Fist invented I'm the, the dab. I'm the immortal Iron Dab. Um... But you had a few characters that had heal mechanics. Um, actually, the uh, in I want to say Marvel Ultimate Alliance two, Miss Marvel actually had a, an AOE heal as well. Oh, that might was it Miss Marvel? I can't. It remember. was either Miss Marvel been, or Spider Woman. It was one of those two. It was somebody that didn't Spider Woman. I think I think you're right on that one. Had uh, either an AOE heal or some something like that. It and was, then Colossus had the AOE. Everybody gets armor. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, now I just think of the arcade. <laughs> I know. Because that, that's if he doesn't do that Colossus in three, has. I'm I'm calling I'm calling somebody. Quick tangent because we always have lots of those. Uh, one up, one up. Uh, I believe that's the name. It's like arcade one up or something like that. They've actually been coming up with like miniaturized arcade cabinets. Well, not miniature. They're actually almost full size. They, they what they do is they get you. You have to buy a riser for it to actually be your height. But it actually, they are building, uh, they actually are, are going to be selling soon a full four-person cabinet that allows you to play oh, wow. Turtles in Time, uh, the original Ninja Turtles, and they're going to do one that allows you to play X-Men. Oh. Yeah. Are they gonna, hold, on, hold on, are they going to bring back the original Avengers? Uh, no. Oh, come on. That wasn't a bad game. I don't, think it's, I don't think it was one that everybody really want, remembers fondly. or. Well, yeah, that. because everybody's wrong. <laughs> Can you play the Simpsons arcade game? Yeah! Like, I, we need the answers to the real questions. Well, you can always mod these things. But <laughs> they they won't true. tell you this. <laughs> oh, right, but man. getting back to uh, Marvel <laughs> Ultimate Ultimate Spider-Lions 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god. The fact that there's like four variations of Spider-Man, but there's only like, from what I've seen at least, and this is before you start unlocking characters, there's only like four X-Men I, well, I would be um, I would be amazed if there aren't two or three versions of Wolverine. Um, like if you're counting if like there, if there's a, if there's an X twenty two and a, and a Wolverine, that would be cool. And probably an old man Logan. Um, I would again, imagine. skins, man, skins. I mm, I see. My, I feel like they're basically the, two different characters at this point. Well, okay, so. The power scheme kind of remains the same, though. It's just a matter of Old Man Logan just being slower at it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, with Miles Morales versus Peter Parker versus Gwen Stacy... Well, Miles Morales is going to be more of a controller. Well, you you have the fact that all four of them are dynamically different from each other. 
combat-wise. Well, Venom always needs to be dynamically different than Spider-Man. Well, he's going to be the bigger, tankier, yeah. bruiser yeah. character, whereas Spider-Man is going to be Flippy Ninja, and Miles Morales is going to be stun things, and then Gwen Stacy's going to be... Blast. Uh, I don't really... What will uh, she do that's different than probably Spider-Man? Probably control. Like, I could see her as being the, like, web everybody up. Well, that's, um, uh, that was an old... That was a, that was a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. It was, but Peter Parker yeah, but now, in a lot of games has been more focused on punchy things. Yeah. Fair enough. So I, I mean, could she could always be the flippy ninja acrobatic one, too. There's that, too, yeah. Like, Spider-Man basic... Well, that's the thing. Be... She might be the, the evasive controller. Very well. We'll, have to, uh, well, we will see soon. We will delve into this game a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, we might even do a cast about it because yeah. I'm, I'm just that much of a. Excited I'm psyched about one. it. I really am. I'm a, the hours and hours dumped into the original and the second. Yeah, just <laughs> the, you the, and me. The first one. I wasn't as big of a fan of the second one. I didn't think the second one was as good as the first. Well, one. me, me, and well, Eric dumped hours into even the second one. Honestly, yeah. like I, we played through both games. Like when they were released on the on the PS3, or was it? No, it was only Ultimate Alliance Two that released on the PS3. Yeah, yeah right? I think the Xbox 360 is when I played uh, both of them. Ah, uh, one and two. Yeah, because they re-released on on Xbox 360. They also re-released. Uh, uh, on one on on PS3. Yeah, eventually. Eventually, but it didn't come with any of the DLC, which sucked. Yeah. Because it had some of the best DLC. And then when uh, Sony got in trouble with whoever at the time was uh, running Marvel's video game infrastructure, they, they lost the, the rights to ho- like host that uh, data, so it all got pulled off of PlayStation Online. And then the dangers of cloud services. Yeah, and then PS4. You don't own that thing. We own that thing. PS4 fortunately came out, and then we got the re-release of the two games as a bundle for a while there, and it was on sale for a very, very long time. And I bought it was on sale, and <laughs> it comes with all the DLC on both games, so that was nice. Hooray! Hurrah. It only took ten years to figure this crap yep, out. Ten years to figure. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's amazing to see that the third one is finally coming out because yeah. I feel like that's something that people have been at least low key wanting, like a background home well, in the and, back and of your mind. This 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 year's E three kind of or well this this year's lineup of announcement of games that kind of came before E three. Actually, I'm going to go with that has kind of been like this weird line of things that I've been waiting to see. For what feels like ten years, Baldur's Gate three, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, the the fact that we're getting uh, a good cyber- cyberpunk game, a good cyberpunk <laughs> game, um, and one that's not isometric and kind of wonky and hard to play, and then there's giant tree monsters that come out and kill you. I, I, I think I'm remembering that correctly. I could be wrong. That could have been Shadow Shadowrun. Shadow Shadowrun. Yeah, no, I believe that was Shadowrun. Yeah, yeah, that was Shadowrun. But uh, oh, yeah, but you, still, same, same, like mind space. Same as <laughs> I you like, and even them getting into uh, um, you know, a kind of getting back to the original topic of team composition. I something we didn't even touch on really was like the turn based strategy RPGs. Oh man. Um oh, like man. your Shadowrun, like your uh, original Final Fallout, Fantasies. Final Fantasy Tactics, um Final Fantasy even um I we're not going to go into the Final Fantasy thing again. I'm the guy with the unpopular opinion on that one, but uh, up until I'd say at least like Final Fantasy 6, your team composition mattered really heavily. I in Final job Fantasy, system, bitch. A, the job system. Oh my god! I want another main Final Fantasy game with a job system built in. I, I well, I and this is the thing, and I, I get a lot of shit for this because my favorite Final Fantasy game is six. Mm. Till the day I die, it will remain six because three or six. That's respectable. And the thing is, is it has a lot to do with the fact that the characters each filled a role. There was Absolutely. no they they, they kind of removed the job system and just made it to where. <clears throat> Each character kind of dynamically filled one of those class slots. And was, then you a just, job, yeah. was a job. Was a job. And um, that's why you had like 36 characters. And that's why you always <laughs> kept Locke. It didn't matter. You, you needed had to a have thief. a thief. <laughs> Somebody needed to have steel because you didn't want to miss out on some of the tools early on so that you could make Edgar better. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you get into like your XCOMs. You get into. Um, oh, God. I, I, there have been so many times where I've had. I, I literally been like 12 chapters into like an XCOM run and somebody's like either going to die or they didn't they leveled up but when they leveled up 
they didn't get access to the right ability, and I'm just like, fuck this game, I'm starting over from scratch. <laughs> going because, back, I, because, I, I have, because, I have like a previous save. No, fuck that save, I'm going back to chapter one. <laughs> because party composition is that important, yep. especially in games like that. Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's, we could spend probably about another hour on just looking into the, into the dynamics of how, you know, how you craft the, the best, uh, you know, turn-based strategy team of... <clears throat> I've been building you to be a PSYOP sniper this entire time, and you're going to tell me you don't have the psychic abilities? <laughs> you get off my team! <laughs> but, I mean, you've got your, you know, your long-range damage. You've got your, uh, usually, your, usually there's some sort of control on the battlefield, which, uh, like in XCOM, you have, like, your psychic characters and whatnot. Um, and you generally... I, like, that's one of the, uh, one of the genres that kind of breaks away from the Holy Trinity because you don't always have tank characters in that. In fact, in a lot of them, I, anybody who takes damage is probably, probably gonna be in a die. bad situation. <laughs> I would say that, that is probably the one thing I really like about XCOM. It's just that, not only just the level of difficulty, but the fact that you can kind of just build whatever team you want, cause it doesn't matter, cause like you just said, if you get punched, you're probably dead. <laughs> Yep, and I mean, save like, scrubs. You generally need at least one uh, one support character. Um, you which like, well, I don't know. If Probably it, gets killed first. Pro- almost always, almost always. Um, uh, unless your assault dives face first into death, um, which fifty fifty chance <laughs> of that working out for you. Yeah, and then you've got one sniper in the next county over, just firing bullets. <laughs> it works though. It works. Maybe not at the beginning of the game because everybody has. It's a tour black oh, yeah, no. But after the <laughs> first few encounters, which you start upgrading everybody, you start getting all this alien based equipment, then and it just becomes a lot. You just easier. have to make sure everybody in your party is Canadian and you name them after Marvel Canadian superheroes. Wolverine, Deadpool, Captain Canuck, you're good. <laughs> Did that nope. actually work in the original games? Nobody plays Captain Canuck. Hey, <laughs> don't hate on Captain Canuck. He very well could end up being Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Go Canuck yourself. <laughs> I, but on that note, every team does need Keanu Reeves on it. Not yeah. like, you know. Like, like I said, every team needs a bard. We're back to the start of this whole conversation. Bardic inspiration, you're right. You're breathtaking. The entire crowd already feels like they could take on the world. <laughs> no, that's fair. I'll concede that point. And with that breathtaking roundabout conversation, I think we're going to roll out for the evening. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're listening to us on one of our many different podcast providers, whether it be Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or just about any place else you can find podcasts, you check out our YouTube channels. We have a lot of great content on there as well. And as proud members of the But Why Though podcast community, you can check out our latest episodes on their site, along with many other great podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all the social media down below. And if you want to chat with the Ready Comics Roll crew and other rollers, join us on Discord and see where you fit in our party dynamic. And don't forget to follow us over on Twitch for random live streams throughout the week. And if you'd like to throw some bardic inspiration our way, head on over to our Patreon page and become a supporter today.